Welcome to The Money Mavens, the podcast for the go-getter female entrepreneur who loves money and wants to create more in her life and business with ease and flow whilst having fun. With myself, Charlotte Balbier, multi-seven-figure brand builder and my partner in success, Josie May, global six-figure business coach. Join us for all things business, manifesting, spirituality, strategy and wealth management combined with our strong opinions, a few naughty words, and a double dose of reality. So pull up your seats at the success table with us, Charlotte and Josie, the Money Mavens. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Mavens today. I am so excited because we are interviewing my gorgeous friend, Rachel Birch, who's a life transformation coach and stand-up comedian so welcome Rachel thank you guys so much for having me I'm excited to be here oh my gosh so Rachel and I actually met five years ago we're just boasting a little bit to Charlotte <laughs> we met in how in Maui in the Ritz Carlton Hotel in Hawaii that's how cool we are <laughs> absolutely the most zhuzhi intro ever I was like oh yeah Josie and I met a cafe in in Manchester oh oh, so exciting Uh, so Rachel and I were both on the same coaching and business course back in 2017 and we met pretty early on I think we might have like spoke before online and got on straight away I love her I love you and I was so thrilled that she was happy to come on um, our podcast and we've actually been out of touch just a little bit because Rachel's been very quiet on Instagram of late and you've come back and I'm like yay she's back <laughs> yes sometimes we all need a little social oh, media detox definitely. hiatus oh. for sure yeah so yeah Rachel te- so Rachel was a lawyer and I don't know if you still are a lawyer but I know that that's not what you practice at the moment but tell us a little bit about your journey from law into business and then media because I'm so interested like I was with Josie and I were talking before and I was like that is quite a journey yeah Yes, 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 it was quite a journey. Um, And without all the personal development happening, you know, contemporaneously, there would have been no journey because it is hard to trust that you're, you know, letting go of something that's concrete, something that you know, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, you can only measure what you're going to lose, not what you're going to gain. And so when you're making one of these kinds of transitions, you're just looking at like, oh, I'm giving up a steady income. I'm giving up the ego title. I mean, the best thing about being a lawyer was being able to like, I'm a lawyer, you know, (laughs) go into a party or be introduced. My friends would be so excited to introduce me. Um, Kind of funny, but that was, you know, as I was leaving it, it had been part of my identity. I had wanted to be an attorney since I was little. I joke that I was brainwashed by my dad and Matlock. I don't know if you guys have Matlock out there. It was an old show okay, and it was no. this like detective, Andy Griffith. He's like right. a really old um, actor. Anyway, he played this lawyer and I loved watching him solve, solve the problem and solving the crime. And my dad and I would watch together. My dad was an attorney. So I thought like, I want to do that. But then when I got into the law, it wasn't like that at all. There was no solving crimes or <laughs> problems or any of that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, I was duped. But, you know, I'd spent all this money on law school and I had this dream. And so it only took 10 years of Ooh, practicing only law, well only 10, <laughs> um, to finally realize 
eh, maybe this isn't for me. And um, as I had mentioned to you, Josie, it wasn't even me saying, I'm done with this. This isn't this, I'm miserable. But my son, who's now 12, was 18 months at the time, and he was having some health challenges. So finally, I had, you know, air quotes, an excuse good enough to quit the law because I could put my child's needs above, you know, my student loans or my my law degree, but, um, but not my own needs. And so that was my first kind of transition out was to, um, take the time that he needed to really tend to his needs. It's interesting, isn't it? That we can put our children's needs, uh, enough, our children's needs are enough for us to take brave action and move away from our student loans or whatever, but your actual, yourself being unhappy wasn't enough. Right, yeah. How do you feel about that looking back? Oh, yeah, now I'm like, I would shake me and be like, (laughs) what are you doing? You know, like, are you crazy? Yeah. but we don't know what we don't know. And yeah. now looking back, it's like, that's a no brainer. I mean, I'm telling people left and right, just like on the street, you know, stop doing that. It makes you miserable. <laughs> Go after your epic life. Do what makes you happy. And um, you know, like as a parent, we obviously, of course, put our children first and everything, but a happy mom is a happy child. So yeah. even if, you'd done it before that it would have been really really good for you and for your child but it takes something like what you had for us to go actually that is when we're going to finally do it but what we don't always and it's only when we're out of it yeah that we realize that it's so good for not only us but them because if we're not filled up happy then they're not going to be we're not going to be the best parent are we and I think when you're in a career and I see it with my, I see it well, how I how I was, and my husband recently started his own business just over a year ago. And he, when he was working for a company as well, you're so sucked in yeah. to having to show up, people depending on you, like this being your only opportunity. It's like there's some belief somewhere that without this, we'll be deserted or we'll have yeah. nothing. And there's nothing else. There's nothing else. And um, I know that when I was in social work, I really truly believed because I'd spent time studying in that area and that's what my qualification was, that there was nothing else for me because that's what I'd studied for. And I'm guessing that you've probably felt some sort of similar beliefs there. Oh, absolutely. I, I um, was constantly Googling non-law jobs for lawyers, right? It was just kind of <laughs> like, this is the path. I, ha- I already chose it. This is what I have to go down. And kind of like what Charlotte had said about... Um, Uh, it being enough that we can show up for our kids in a different way. I think when you're starting this journey before you've actually seen it for yourself, you understand that life or the circumstances can be different, but you don't realize that you can be different. Like, I remember just thinking like, maybe I'm just, I mean, my, my therapist was like, maybe you're just like a malcontent. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm a malcontent. Like, what even is that? (laughs) Just, you know, like just not happy with life. And looking back, it's so funny that like, I would have, I would have not believed that I would have changed as a person by me also giving myself permission to leave the misery that I was in. And so I think that's why until you do it, you really don't realize how important it is for your whole, how, what a blessing it is for your whole family Mm. and everyone around you. And how have you changed as a person? You know, until you've said that, I've not really thought about myself changing as a person, but just you saying it, I've thought, actually I have, I'm happier. I'm more present. 
Like, how have you changed as a person, do you think, since you were in law? I mean, I remember making a New Year's resolution every year to be less moody because I was like, <laughs> I'm so moody. Like, I just like, I, you know, someone will piss and, uh, you know, okay. that still happens. There's still some, some yeah. moodiness there, but it's not like, yeah, but it's not like how I live. It's not yeah. like I'm easily, um, you know, triggered or upsettable. Um, I'm just happy. I live in a state of gratitude and wonder and awe, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like my eyes have been open to how wonderful, you know, they say, um, I'm totally going to butcher the quote, but it's something like it, you can believe in either a caring universe or like a angry universe. And yeah. I think that I used to think that there was like an angry universe or no universe. It was just yeah. me and I was stuck here. And now I'm like, wow, look at how lucky we are. Look at how amazing life is and can be. And, um, just, I used to, so actually this is the biggest change. I used to say that I was a pessimist and that was a good thing because either you were, you got, you got what you expected or you were pleasantly surprised, right? So <laughs> if you expect the worst, you're either right or something better happens. Wow. And now <laughs> I'm totally an optimist yeah. and I understand the law of attraction and know that like, I'm going to be right or something better is still going to happen. Mm. I don't have to worry about the worst case scenario anymore. And Rachel is a master manifester. You're one of those people that I see as there's some people in my life that I'm like, they're master manifestors. We're all manifesting all the time, of course. But um, you have some really cool manifesting stories. One that pops to mind is the car. Tell me. I love a manifesting story. So I have had on my vision board various iterations of this car, which to me, many people, including my parents, um, are like, what? That's, you know, that car's older than you are. Um, it's a vintage Bronco, 1972, 1973. There's um, certain years that are better than others for various reasons. And especially in California where they smog check everything. So um, one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to get that car. And these are vintage cars. They're, they're very rare. (laughs) And, um, within nine days, it was in my garage within nine days from waking up. And it was like, I went on Craigslist and immediately there was, um, an ad for a new one that, you know, had just popped up. I was the first person to call on it. I ended up, um, getting it. And then, um, it was, it, it was such a beautiful car, but it wasn't very practical having like a three-year-old. So when the pandemic started, I decided I needed to manifest a buyer for it. And at the time I had a hairdresser that was coming to my house and she went on Instagram and within a couple of days, we had a buyer who paid 10,000 more than I bought it for. Yeah. I got everything, every single dollar, including gas that I had invested in this truck that I had, um, and was able to, you know, give the gift to somebody else. And my dream is to have another one at some point when it's more practical and there's a space to park it. But the transformation that happened for me, just in seeing that, like literally anything that I want, anything anyone wants, If you give yourself permission and make a decision that's going to happen, it can happen, you know, instantaneously. 
Yes. Do you think for you then a lot of that is like what you just said, like giving yourself permission? Like what do you think it is that you do that like manifested it so quick? Because that is pretty quick manifesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's giving yourself permission and making the decision. Like yeah. this is happening no matter what. Yeah. Um when I just moved into this home, which also was a m- magical thing, um I my my dad had suggested that uh, now during the pandemic would be a great time to start looking for a larger house for me and my boys. I was in a great home, but it didn't have a yard and it didn't have, you know, cul-de-sacs or anything like that. And so I started, I thought, no, that's not responsible. It's not good timing. I I'm comfortable with my mortgage the way it is. I'm comfortable with all my expenses. And I started looking, but I started looking at open houses. So the first thing was being open to it, right? Like my, my, my rational brain, my lawyer brain wanted to shut it down, but I was like, (laughs) well, I'm just going to leave the door open. Let's just look at some open houses. And I went in one weekend to like nine open houses and these were gorgeous homes, but none of them really spoke to me. So I was like, okay, I looked, there's nothing there. Mm. And then all of a sudden a home popped up and I was like, oh, this one is coming soon. And there's something about it. It just kind of looked like this could be something special. Mm. So I waited for the open house and I drove up, it was, it's in a guard gated community. So I drove up to the gate and the guy said, the open house has been canceled. You can contact the agent. Mm. And it was the first day that it was open to the public. And I thought, oh, it's already been sold to somebody. And minutes later, I saw on the app that it had gone under contract. So somebody had made an offer and had been accepted. And I thought, okay, well, I guess it's not meant to be. And then the next morning, it popped up back on the market. And um, I texted my mom and, I t- and she said, well, who's the agent? Go see it. It hadn't even occurred to me to go see it because it was so not in you know, the realm of what I was expecting, but I followed direction, right? Like I took the next indicated step. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I went and looked and I was like, oh my God, this is the house and made an offer. There were eight other offers. Mine was not the highest one. It got accepted. The people that were originally under contract came back and offered significantly more money than I had offered, but it was already in contract with me. And I just kept, um, you know, I told you this story tell the story as well because this is brilliant (laughs) it has this beautiful um infinity pool in the backyard and I just kept imagining myself skinny dipping in the infinity pool under the full moon yes it was very specific I just kept imagining that happening and um and then actually the other day, it's been six months since I moved in and it was the full moon and I was home alone without the boys. And I was like, I'm doing it. I have to do yes. it. I have to book in <laughs> manifestation. So, um, so I went and it felt amazing. Uh, and, and it was full circle. It was thank you universe. Oh, and then um, I was very nervous about doing it because even though I talk a big game, sometimes I'm still, you know, a little bit fearful. I was so worried a neighbor would maybe see me, which... Would they have to neighbor? Lucky neighbor. To yeah, totally. <laughs> as soon as I stepped in the pool, put my foot in to go skinny dipping, the Disneyland fireworks started going off, which I can see from my backyard. And so it was like all these fireworks, like, yes, 
Thank universe you, was like, yes, Rachel. I love that. You've got your yeah. own fireworks when you were in your own firework display for your naked totally. full moon swim. Oh that. my god. Oh like as you're telling all that, it's like you just never gave up on it. You were like, I'm just gonna keep going with this. Just, a lot of people would have said, Oh, you know what? It wasn't meant to be, it's not that, and you like would have just shut it down. Whereas you were like really open and explored it and took it. So I think anyone well, that listens to this who's not into manifesting needs to understand that you have to listen to those nudges. That and also I got a lot of people that ask me like, well, don't you get disappointed if it doesn't happen? And so one thing that I've really learned is to leave space for God to come in and like blow your mind, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> instead of being like, well, it didn't happen. And you said it was going to happen. And I pictured it happening. It's like, but why did it not happen? What, what is the better thing? You know, our coach would say like this or something better. Like what is yeah. the better thing that's waiting for you? So just really being connected to the essence of the desire instead of the specifics of the desire, because that's when people get derailed and they give up and they go, oh, well, it didn't happen for me. Well, not yet, but just keep going. You know, it's, you're almost there and it's going to be even better than you thought. So yeah. That is, that is a key point that I think gets eliminated sometimes and people. End totally, up yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? You can, you can desire something, but not hold on to just this, like, is this or something better? If it's not this, something better is going to come along. And I think, you know, buying houses, particularly there can be so much disappointment. Um, but if you trust that something better is going to come along, then you always kind of in that optimistic point of yeah, view aren't I you? always I, I do say it a lot but I really believe it that what is for us doesn't pass us by and if yeah. it does pass us by it wasn't meant for us because there is something better yeah and it's having that belief and that trust and not getting disappointed not getting bitter not getting angry you know all the thing emotions that can come from that and just saying okay well thank you whoever it is that's guiding me that's fine you know like I let go of it and bring on the next bigger and better or more suitable thing for more when it's meant to come. Because if it's, if it is for us, it really doesn't pass us by. Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's a tough lesson to learn, but once you master it, it just feels so much lighter, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And also trusting, I always think like trusting <clears throat> the universe knows better than me. So I might think this is the perfect house for me, but actually maybe the neighbors are absolute assholes. <laughs> Yes. And I, if I'd have moved in there, I would have been miserable. Yes, the house would have been pretty, but I would have had a miserable existence because next door would have been making my life hell. And so like just trusting that little old human me doesn't necessarily know best. But if I can yeah. trust that the universe knows best for me, then uh, it takes the pressure off a bit, doesn't it? We don't have to always micromanage everything. Yeah, but I mean, now I want a house that has Disney fireworks. Oh, no. I, mean, I feel like we've been cheated we we need we will never have that so are you not far from california disney is that right yeah about 20 minutes ah so nice How amazing to have a disney fireworks oh, oh my stop. god that's like the dream so tell us rachel about your journey into business then so you let obviously left law to support your son and then yes. how did you kind of take the next steps how did you decide what you wanted to do and get into well sometimes we don't decide, sometimes it decides us. You yes. know what I mean? And that was kind of what happened. Um, I started actually with a network marketing company, very um, resistant 
Lee, I don't know if that's a word, but I was very resistant to network marketing. Um, I was coming from the law, right? Remember, yeah. I like to be, I'm a lawyer and network marketing for good or bad has like a bad rap, at least here yeah. in the States here too. And, on, and online. Um, and I fell into it mostly because it's funny because I felt myself wanting to be like, I'm not in it anymore. Don't worry. But like, that's the, <laughs> that's the old, you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, I fell into it because I, I went to a health talk about my, um, to help my son. And they had a product there that um, was honestly amazing. And I still take it and my parents take it. And like, it's all that, it's that, but when they approached me to go into business selling it, I was coming from the law. You don't have to sell anything. You just sit at your desk and yeah. you do the work that they give you. And so I had, I had, I was so averse to selling things that I had created an email address that I thought was intriguing enough that people would Google the item <laughs> and then they would learn about it that way instead of me having to sell it to them. So when I would give people my email address, I would preface it with, I'm not trying to sell you anything. That's how far away from wanting to sell anything wow. I was. And I think a lot of people come, they, they look at, they want to do business, but they're worried they're going to be judged or all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so they stay away from it. So I was the farthest from wanting to sell <laughs> anything that you could possibly enter business in. And I actually was pretty successful in that business. And it was because I gave people permission to just do whatever they wanted to do. I, I didn't have my agenda for them. Um, and so I, I think that network marketing is kind of like entrepreneurship 101. It really teaches you in a very easy way how to have your own business. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have, usually have no overhead. And so it's pretty risk-free. The risk is I have to put myself out there as a business owner. Yeah. And what's interesting is as I transitioned into coaching, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, you're selling yourself, which is a much harder sale than a product yes. from a network marketing <laughs> business. But I was, it was easier to sell me than it was just because of kind of the trajectory of like the ego that yeah. I had. Right. So, um, I went back to school because I thought, well, who's going to buy this supplement from a lawyer? I need to get a health coaching degree, right? That's another kind wow. of, my story isn't good enough about how it helped my family. I'm going to go and get a whole degree about it. So yeah. that was my <laughs> first thing. And having gone through health coaching school, I realized what I really loved was the coaching, life coaching aspect. My mm -hmm. first client I got because I donated a 90 day package to a silent auction. And she was an engineer and she came to me and we talked about kale and we talked about legumes and, you know, I followed the little script, yeah. but what really excited me was that she told me her and her husband had a two year plan for her to retire. And I was just like, why not now? And we walked through a couple questions and by the next call, which was only a week later, she had quit her job. Wow. And I was like, I want that. I want to help people live their dreams now, not yeah. wait. And yeah. that's, and then I was just like, oh, this is a business. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't an easy business, right? It wasn't <laughs> like all of a sudden, Rachel Birch, I can help you, you know, crush your two-year plan into two weeks. Like everybody was knocking down my door. Yeah. You have to keep putting yourself out there, which for me was the, my biggest fear. Totally. Besides spiders. 
And so how did you also bring stand-up comedy into your bag of tricks? Yeah, have you always <laughs> done comedy or is this a new like thing? No, um, it was kind of a bucket list thing. I was voted best sense of humor in high school, which I was shocked because I thought who even knows who I am? I was so shy. Um, and that kind of gave me a little bit like, okay, other people find me funny. Like, that's a good thing. Right. I was also supposed to get best hair, but, um, well, I won't say her name in case she's listening to your podcast, but she was the head of the yearbook and she put herself as best hair. So oh, I, just, I know stole the best hair. I'm over it. I'm clearly over it, clearly over it, clearly over it. But anyway, I got best sense of humor. And then, you know, one of the things that I used to talk to my clients about was get a hobby, you know, get a hobby. I used to, um, explain that when I was an attorney, people would ask me what I did for fun. And I'd say, I'm an attorney. I don't have time for fun, you know? <laughs> and so, and, and I thought I was being cute and it was so hilarious, but it's sad. It was really sad. And so, um, I thought about, well, what would I want to do? And I took a class and then the graduation for the class was a live performance and the response was so, and it's funny because during the class, I would be practicing my jokes and nobody in the class would be laughing. And I would think, I know these are funny, but like, maybe people just don't get my humor. I'm not sure. So when we had the, the graduation performance and so many people, other guests of other students came up to me after and said, you're going to be famous. And I can't believe it's your first time and wanted to take pictures with me. <laughs> I was kind of shocked, but it gave me the confidence to go, you know what? I think I'm going to do this a couple more times. And so I performed a number of times. I started to get paid a little bit to perform. My big goal was to perform at the improv, which is a big comedy chain out here. Um, and I was uh, invited to do a set for a, um, a charity at the improv. So I was able to perform Yay. on that stage in front of like 300 people. And, um, and then I did a, a competition and I ranked, it was my first competition. It was right before the pandemic. And I, um, came in third out of like 36 I watched that performance it, I watched it I think it was on YouTube but I watched yeah. it and it was brilliant in fact can we add it to yeah, the, show so the show notes sure yeah, yeah. I added to the show notes so that people can see it because it was really funny I loved it and just remember this was before the pandemic so you know oh, yeah. there's there's some talk of germs and how I'm afraid of germs and I feel like I was ahead of the curve I was afraid <laughs> of germs before other people were afraid of germs <laughs> You were always a you were always a trendsetter there. Trendsetter, Rachel. totally. I always remember actually because when Rachel and I were in this coaching program, business coaching program, we obviously there's a lot of Americans and there's quite a few British. And I always noticed that the Americans on the whole didn't get our sense of humor. However, Rachel always had a very dry sense of humor, which is very British. Because a lot of people, we can be quite sarcastic and so can you, which isn't the norm for Americans, what I, what I found anyway. Yes, absolutely. I, my, when I was married, um, my husband forbade me from talking to people that would come to the house to like provide services because one time there was a plumber there and he was telling me all the things he was going to do. And it was so over my head that I just looked at him and I was like, are you a real plumber? Kind of like, you know, yeah, exactly. And he didn't get it. And then he charged me like a couple extra hundred dollars at the end of the day. So I was like forbid from talking to people because they don't get my sense of humor. How dare they? And so do you still do stand up now? Is that still something that you do or that you want to pursue or have you, you know? 
Um, so I have done a couple online zoom comedy things, but mm. they are not, I doubt as a viewer, they're, you know, as entertaining. And for yeah. me, I like the energy exchange that happens on stage. So they yeah. were very kind of like, hello, is this thing on? You know what I mean? It was, yeah. especially on zoom, you know, you're like, what is that person doing? So, um, I haven't had the opportunity to perform live. However, I submitted for a very big comedy festival festival back in um, right before the pandemic. And I just got an email, not that I was accepted, but that they are reviewing them. And in, in August, they're going to be doing the comedy festival. Oh, so how exciting. hopefully, yes. And one of my goals for this year is to um, perform again and, and write new material since definitely will and the other thing that Rachel did was she was part of a tv um what's it called um oh sitcom sitcom yeah which one it was like a a pilot one was it yeah it yeah it's um it's I forgot what it's called oddly popular (laughs) it's called oddly popular and it was a kind of spoof off of like the real housewives series yeah And, um, that was something that I manifested as well, because a a woman that I met through comedy had written it and, and produced it and asked me if I wanted to play, um, the snarky coworker. Yeah. Uh, I, you were snarky. I watched the um, episodes (laughs) where you were so snarky. (laughs) Well, I was like, I don't know how to act. She's like, well, you could just be yourself. And I, I, I didn't know if I should be offended or (laughs) like that as a compliment but yeah I just was myself and uh so it's been submitted to a bunch of like film festivals and things like that but it's interesting because I hear that there are actual actors that go their whole life trying to submit and get something and she said they had like 700 applications you know through the websites for the part but she thought of me and so um <laughs> that was just fun it was just a fun kind of just thing. another incredible man you like you didn't even try for that did you, you just yeah. opened up to it you know you you knew you wanted to do something like that and didn't even you know you just opened up to it and it happened so I just love this is why you I said she that. is that's why I that's why I said you it are. like she's one of the ones so tell us what you do in your business now who you work with how you support people Tell us about the co- your coaching. Yeah, sure. So um, actually, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking to people that are starting their business or are looking for their next kind of direction in their business. And mine recently took a pivot. And so pivot. pivot. So <laughs> I, you know, I work with women exclusively. Many clients have asked me to work with their husbands, um, but I still kind of just stick with women um, entrepreneurs or creatives. I have this amazing artist client right now that's writing a book that I'm helping. Um, I've had group programs in the past, but what I've started to move towards is in-person events again. And so I'm, I've just launched my first retreat, which is interesting because I found a pamphlet that from the first event that I went to with the coach that Josie and I worked with in 2015, And my intention was to host by January 31st, 2016, my first retreat. And so here I am like six years later, right? Don't give up on your dreams and make make note of the things that have have fallen off that have really appealed to you because those are the things that are going to keep coming back up. So um, 
I decided to host a graduation party at my house for the women of my mastermind. And they were here this weekend. And it was just the most amazing event. I loved, you know, selecting gifts for them. I loved planning the food. I loved every part of the event. And so I had no intention of launching a retreat until the day before the event, when I came back on Instagram to show people the event, that's the only reason I came back on. It looks so good. It looks so good. And the goodie bags, it's very Charlotte. Charlotte's all about the details. She would love. And then when he said goodie bags, my ears were like, oh. Yep. Each person got a hand-picked tarot card deck that I had picked for their personality. And then um, there are these temporary tattoos that have like all sorts of affirmations on them. So they each got their own one of those plus I had champagne glasses that were engraved and things. it was just like fun yeah it was just fun and it was a free like I just wanted to give and love on these women because yeah. I had had a sh- oh and you know also for people in their business I had had 12 women in my mastermind and then in it was a year-long program and then eight months in we had a little bit of a shake-up and I said look I'm not going to hold anybody in here that doesn't want to be in here so I need to hear from you if you're a hell yes to stay. Yeah. And six of them were hell yeses. And five were like, you're great, but I don't know if this is the right container or four of them. One of them did not say I was great. And then, (laughs) um, and then one was still paying, but she wasn't really showing up. And I didn't, I refunded her money for that month and was like, so these women, I just felt so the energy of everything shifted. And this is kind of what we were talking about before. My ego wanted 12 people in the mastermind, but God wanted these six. And as soon as those others left, the energy shifted, the house came in, I lost 35 pounds, like all this stuff started changing. And so um, I just wanted to throw the party to say, thank you for not leaving me. You know what I mean? And, um, and out of that, the the dream of these retreats was was reborn so so tell us about what so you've got an upcoming retreat tell us a bit about like what the vibe is for the retreat so it's called um reawaken Mm. a transformative retreat and what it what it's about is that what I noticed in myself was that even though I'm doing all these things the last two years kind of shut down parts of me that are not showing up anymore so I realized that I, I had been missing, um, I was kind of missing a particular coach that I had worked with. And I realized, no, I didn't miss him. I missed the spiritual side of me that he brought out when we worked together. So I started meditating again. And then I thought, ah, oh, I miss going to Europe. I miss all these trips. And I thought, although I do miss that, um, what I really miss is the adventurous part of me. And so I booked a trip to Las Vegas, which is only an hour flight. And I went for two nights by myself. And um, yeah, so this is, this retreat is really like reawakening the parts of us that we miss that, that have kind of fallen asleep the last couple of years. And I can't tell you how much has changed for me since I recognized that there were little parts of me that were not being utilized. And as soon as I did, I mean, this retreat came out of that new energy. Um, that party was really hot on the energy of Las Vegas and kind of bringing back my adventure. So, yeah, I love it. And so, when is this retreat taking place? So it's in May, May twentieth to the twenty second in Newport Beach, California. California. So we'll put the details in the show notes as well. And awesome. What came up for me there is like how brave you were. I'm just thinking, like with that mastermind and and twelve women being in, and then this shake up and some leaving. Like you could have 
let that really rock you. Yeah. You could have let that rock you. Like I'm thinking, like how would I have handled that? That would have been a tricky situation to deal with. But as business owners, things like that happen. And oh, yeah. so, how did you manage that? How did you get through that in a positive way and not see it as like? Actually, this is a really cool story. So um, I cried a lot because what came up for me was an old story of not being wanted, but it had nothing to do with the women that were leaving the mastermind. I don't care if they want me or not. This was me in, you know, fifth grade when none of the boys liked me. And so I cried that out. I allowed myself to see the trigger. Oh my God, I'm getting triggered. What's happening here? What is this really about? And I was like, oh yeah, this is about feeling unwanted. So I actually went, because I live by the ocean. I live about, you know, at the time I moved a little further, like five further minutes away, but at the time I could walk to the ocean. So um, it was, it was August. It was hot. It was seven o'clock at night. And I was like, I'm going to go down to the water and I am going to baptize myself. um, (laughs) Even though I'm Jewish, I'm going to baptize myself in the ocean and I'm going to rid myself of this old story. And so I go down there and there are, it's the highest tide I'd ever seen. The waves were so big. Now I grew up here. So it was like, and I'm like, God, what are you trying to do? Like, I'm, I want to get, so I thought, you know, there's that movie Blue Lagoon where the lady lays on the water and it just like rushes yeah. over her on the beach. I was like, maybe I can just lay on the, on the sand and let the water rush over me. But there were so many people. I, I was like, no, that's I'm going to, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm not doing that. <laughs> So I sat down and I saw this old man, probably in his seventies, he came along and he was picking up trash and he saw me looking at him and he came over and he said, are you local? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, then you know what a special day this is. And I was like, oh, the high tide. And he goes, yeah, I've never seen it so high. I said, I know. I said, and the problem is I came down to go in the water, but now I'm scared. And he looked at me. And he took off his hat and he emptied his pockets and he took off his shirt and he goes, I'll go in there with you. Wow. He was not dressed to go in the water. He was dressed to pick up trash on the beach. Oh my God. And so he, so he, we walk in and he holds my hand and he goes, what are you releasing? I said, I'm releasing my old story of being unwanted. He's like, are you ready to let it go? It was like this (laughs) crazy, like, it was like somehow I called a pastor in or something. (laughs) And, um, so he held my hand. He dunked me under the water. I came out. I gave him a hug. It was like, it was this like, ama- yeah, he was like an angel. And he said, yeah, I call these my God walks. Um, God tells me, you know, to go on walks sometimes. And I was like, oh, God sent you to help me go in the water. Because otherwise I wouldn't have, I would not have gone in the water because one, I was sure I was either going to drown and nobody was going to know because I wasn't with anyone, you know, or, or I'd chicken out and leave. And so, and I'll tell you what, after that day, the unwanted was gone, like gone, gone. Like I could tell it was gone from my system. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing story. So amazing. So amazing. And, and also, isn't it crazy how those inner child wounds and everything, we think we've dealt with them or we've forgotten them. We've stuffed them all down. And then yeah. something like that triggers it. And you're like, where has that come from? How amazing that you were then able to release that because that might have been holding you back in lots of other ways or giving you anxiety or however it was it was manifesting you but the fact that you got some amazing 70 year old man who to like that is the best story ever <laughs> he was like a pastor wasn't he definitely he was like sent down he was a healer sent. he was a healer he was one yeah. of Angels. He was amazing. Well, I, or he was, or he'd escaped from a mental hospital because <laughs> well, I said, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said what? to him like, well, thank your wife for letting you out. Cause I wasn't sure what I was thanking her for. I just kind of wanted to recognize her. So it wasn't like I was, you know, trying to come on to him or anything weird. <laughs> and, um, be so and he made this like weird kind of laugh. Like, haha, if you only knew I'm like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Thank you, Angel, goodbye. <laughs> thank you and goodbye. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. So obviously there's been some challenges in your business over the years. And I know, obviously I've known you for five years and um, like where has, what's been the most challenging for you in that time in business? Like where's your biggest challenge been, do you think? I mean, my de- definitely my biggest challenge. Well, two, one was just promoting myself, putting myself out there, you know, like until you really think that you're great, not in an ego way, but like just in a like, yeah, I, I can help people or I can do this until you accept, you know, your greatness essentially. Yeah. And we're all great, not great, better than other people, just your own unique greatness. Um, it's a challenge, yeah. you know, it's a challenge. I, most of my business for a certain period of time came from referrals because they were out there telling people how great I was, but I wasn't. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I got comfortable, you know, even today I was featured in a um, local magazine and I was like, Oh, do people want to hear again? Like about me, but it's like, yeah, yes, if they're they interested, <laughs> they do. And if they don't, they'll go past it. And if it triggers them, then you're welcome. They get to do work on whatever, you know, they're triggered about. Cause it doesn't have to do with me. Um, and then the other biggest challenge was when I went through my divorce, because it was kind of like, oh, I'm a fraud. I tell people you can have this great life and now you can't have a great life because, you know, you're divorced, which is, was not the case, but, um, it felt that way at the time. Like, you know, I was very much in happy in my relationship. And so I was then sad (laughs) and to try to tell, you know, tell people that they could be happy. And they're like, I was happy because we were traveling the world. Thank goodness for our coaching program. And the the amazing, I mean, like the growth that happened was amazing, but at the time it was challenging to get out there. And then, I mean, you can't do that when it, when you're first in the wound, but as soon as you get through it, then you can, I mean, I, at one point I even considered um, hosting a divorce mentorship because I made it through so well. Um, but then I, <laughs> <laughs> I <hate> the <laughs> you are, yeah, well, it's a, an amazing transformative healing process. It really is. Yeah. And I think the thing is you can have a happy life and still go through difficult times. Yes. You can have a happy life and still have your heart broken. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? That, having a happy life doesn't mean there won't be challenges. What it does mean is that you ride them. You ride, you, you feel the sadness and you get through them to the other side. I like what we said, what we talked about before of like, and not taking anything away from both our marriages, but maybe there is something that's going to bring us more joy or more contentment, whatever it is that was not maybe in that other marriage. Like I actually had a really nice marriage and we actually got on but there was obviously problems otherwise we wouldn't be getting a divorce. Um, So, and the same for him, you know, like I wish that for him as well as me. And I think even though I am really, really sad, because obviously we've got a child together and everything, and it is really sad, you know, he was a massive part of my life. I think there was somebody that will make him happier and fulfill the things that I didn't for him and vice versa. We've, We've both talked about it and everything, but it's kind of, 
sometimes doesn't feel like that and you can and I know I don't know about you but you can kind of think oh what if that was my only chance what yeah. if I'll never like you know what if that's it I'm only getting but how like I worked in the wedding industry before that was my background okay I used to have brides that would come to me who were on third fourth time marriages so I know for a fact <laughs> <laughs> that people fall in love again get married or don't get married or whatever but when you're in the, the, the thick of it, you kind of yeah. can, you have to really dig deep, don't you? Absolutely. My life is so good right now. Again, there's challenges and things like that, but I'm kind of like, I don't, I'm not going to settle for, I'd rather be alone than with someone that doesn't fulfill my needs because yeah. I mean, you know, like I can't imagine having someone else in my home that, you know, isn't part of the, the epic life vision that I have for myself. That's not skinny dipping with me under the moon and is instead inside, like watching the news, you know, or something like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I always say like, to myself, like, I don't want, and I'm not talking about actually with my husband when I say this, but I don't want breadcrumbs. I want the full loaf. You're right. So if I can't have the full loaf, if I can't have the full shaban, the fireworks, the Disney fireworks, the skinny dipping, I'm not, I'm not in, yes, I'm not in for it. Maybe you, know, you two should hook up. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> such a shame we don't live, like, we live so far where we could go out and, like, meet guys and have fun. Yeah. Fireworks. I'll come there like, for that. I'm looking for an Irish man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I've just been dating an Irish guy. Well, that would be weird, don't <laughs> you think? work out and he's really nice. But yeah, Irish guys are nice. Okay, well, connect us. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> any Irish men listening? There's two women yeah. here. That are... <laughs> two women here that like Irish. Yeah. It doesn't matter about any other details as long as you're Irish. <laughs> as long as you've got an Irish yeah. accent and twinkly eyes. And if you've made it this far into the interview, then we're totally down. Yeah, totally. If you're still listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Far then, he's you're still yeah, listening. He's the keeper. So what's one piece of advice that you would give from your experience for female entrepreneurs? Um, like what's the one piece of advice that you would give? I mean, just keep going, you know, it's so easy to quit. It's so easy to quit. Um, it's so, but if this is really what you want, if this is really your dream, then keep going. Um, and if you have trouble with that, read the chapter on persistence from think and grow rich 90 times in a row, 90 days in a row, 90 days in a row, and it will rewire your brain to realize there's no reason to quit. You know, they say, Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. So just keep going. I love that. It's so funny because this is, it's always my thing. Persistence is always my thing. And Rachel and I both did, we did it in separate groups, but we both did a 90 day challenge where we woke up at 6am and we got on a call. Obviously I wasn't on Rachel's call because I was in the UK and she was in America, but we got on a call with a group of us and we read a chapter of the book, Think and Grow Rich. It was chapter nine, Persistence, wasn't it? Is it chapter nine or chapter seven? I feel like it's 13, but maybe that's the oh, is it? Okay, sex. maybe it's 13. Whatever chapter it is. It's called Persistence. It's called Persistence and it's <laughs> you can grow rich. And literally we read the same chapter. One of us would read it out loud or we'd do a page each every single day for 90 days. And by the end of it, you're like, you were fed up. You were fed up of hearing this chapter. But what it did do, I even did it. I remember going on vacation, doing it, on vac- like doing yep. it all the time for 90 days. And what it what it really hammered in is how important persistence is. And I still live with that because I talk about it all the time, don't I? Um, it's so and I forgot that you'd done it as well. Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. It was my thing. I Your saw, idea. Um, yeah, I saw Bob Proctor had talked about it on um, a, a 
a symposium that I was watching. And so I posted in the group, would anyone want to do this? And I mean, like 30 or 40 people. And we all broke up into groups of three. It was supposed to be 5.30, by the way, not 6 a.m. Maybe it was 5.30. Um, it was a ridiculous, ridiculous It was ridiculous. Hour. And it was every day, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I remember I used to be like, because we were on the phone and we had like this dial-in number and I'd be cold. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, I'd go, my husband obviously was in bed. So I had to go downstairs and I'd be sat in the of my office, like reading this thinking. And I read it on my phone because I had the thing, but it was easier to pull up on your phone and yeah. Well, that's persistence, isn't it? Just doing it for that 90 days. Because you know when you it say is. 90 days, you think, oh, it's not that much. But when you're doing it, oh. Every single day. It was Saturdays, Saturdays and Sundays. It was Every Saturdays day, and Sundays. And it is, once you... There were other people that started changing it up. Like, we're going to read one chapter a day. I'm like, that's not the assignment. Not Stick the to the assignment. You're not going to get it if you changed yeah. it to how you the want it to The thing is, you be. got so fed up preparing that chapter. You could say it off by heart. Like, yes. you read it 90 times. And so you got fed up of it. But it keeps going in a bit deeper. And it so, keeps going in a bit deeper. And, and that's what Bob Proctor, because I um, used to listen to a lot. And it just triggered, like, reminded me. I used to listen to a lot of Bob Proctor um, stuff in, you know, that we did all the sleep stuff, like the money manifesting. And when I used to listen to that, I definitely woke up in a completely different mindset to make more money. And, but it all it was is repetitive stuff. And then you get out of the habit. And now that's just reminded me. And now I'm definitely going to do this book as well. It's the subconscious yeah. as well, isn't it? Well, I'm not, do, I'm not doing 5.30 with you. Sorry, love. I've well, done my, done I've done my days. time. You've done your time. You've done it. It's in done there. Done. It's in it's there. You just have to do it once. I'm living it. I'm breathing yeah. it. If anyone's listening to this and they want to do it with me, reach out. I'm up for it. Five Especially if you're yeah. the Irish guy. I'm up at five, so. True. She does. I'm an early bird. She's an early bird. Well, thank you, oh, Rachel, thank so, you. so much. Honestly, I knew you'd be a great guest. I said to yeah. Charlotte. I know. Rachel is going to be a great guest. And you're the only person we've ever stayed up this late. Normally, like, I go to bed it's like crazy i'm honored i am so honored we, you were worth it you were so worth we might it. have had a glass of wine <laughs> as well but thank you so much we're going to put all rachel's details in the show notes so where you can find her on instagram her website and details about her retreat and um don't forget if you have loved this episode and you love listening to the money mavens please do leave us a fast five star review it is incredible uh, it is incredible reading them and we feel so good <laughs> and the podcast is incredible five stars oh, thank you <laughs> bye thank you for joining the money mavens podcast today with myself josie may and my fellow host charlotte balbier we're holding regular giveaways with luxury prizes for those that leave us a review so if you've loved this episode please go and give us five stars we really appreciate your support for more exciting content and inspiration in unlocking your up level, head over to our Instagram and follow the underscore money underscore mavens. The link is in our show notes. Congratulations. You are now officially a money maven. Welcome to the club. We can't wait to celebrate your success with you. See you on the next episode.